0: Hello there, and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. More coverage is ahead from the recently concluded Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte, North Carolina. I met the one and only Dr. Fizzlebop. He has a column and focus on the family's Clubhouse Junior, and will soon have a book and video series. He is the creation of Brock Eastman, who sat down with me at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the CPE show. Then you'll be hearing from Frank Turek of Cross-Examined and Summit Ministries. He provided some insight for me about new progressive religious ideas that bear little or no resemblance to biblical Christianity. Some faithful analysis is coming up. And on this edition of The Intersection, Muriel Gregory is married to a military man and writes for Planting Roots, an organization that ministers to women who are associated with the military. In keeping with its 2021 theme of Rise Up, she discussed with me at CPE, concepts related to the Book of Nehemiah. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection, you'll be hearing from Stephen Byers of Faith Church and Faith Biblical Counseling Ministries in Indiana, discussing how bitterness can operate in the life of a Christian and how believers can deal with it biblically. This is The Intersection, of production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Brock Eastman has worked with Adventures in Odyssey and currently writes for Clubhouse Junior, both of which are arms of focus on the family. He writes under the pseudonym of Dr. Fizzlebop, a character that he has created who blends science together with faith in a fun way, and a book and video series are on the horizon. Brock In his scrub shirt and lab coat, visited with me at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Winter 2021 Christian Product Expo in Charlotte. Here are some of his comments. Well, tell me about the history of Dr. Fizzlebump, And people will hear more about him. Of course, they can already read the column, the recurring column in Clubhouse Junior Magazine, published by Focus on the Family. But how did you come up with this idea? And by the way, for those that are watching this via video, Brock is dressed as Dr. <laughs> Fizzlebob. He's going to put on some glasses here in the next few moments and we're actually going to meet the good right. doctor here in the next few minutes that's but he's right. got the he's got the the dinosaur looks like dinosaurs and cactus that's, cacti a, that's his, that's the, his, his signature shirt. his the signature scrum.
1: shirt is the uh, the dinosaur shirt yep um, okay got that got my uh, nice lab coat on because you gotta have a lab coat you, you gotta get, have a lab lab coat use a lot of uh colorful things in our experiments and definitely don't want to get on my beautiful dinosaur shirt
0: <laughs> so tell us about the genesis of okay. dr Fizzlebop.
1: well it's actually really simple i you know i i've I've never been a writer growing up, um, but God's given me some really cool opportunities since about 2010. And I, my agent says, I'm just, I have a lot of ideas. And so I'm always like, come with new ideas. And so Jesse Floria, uh, he's a a good friend and he's the editor of Clubhouse and Clubhouse Jr. And I said, Hey, I would like to do a recurring column. I'm thinking about doing an experiment. What do you think? So we sat down and brainstormed and I had this idea for Dr. Fizzlebop. And so that's all. It was very simple. And so I started with about three to four experiments per year. And they were just kind of every couple months. And they'd appear in Club Junior. Um, It's where it began in 2016. And then last year, uh, 2020, pandemic comes, right? We're all stuck at home. Don't have anywhere to go. And Linda Howard at Tyndale says, hey, Brock, how would you like to host our virtual summer camp we're going to put on this year? I said, Oh, you know me. I'm always in. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, what, what, what's it look like? And she goes, I don't know. Let's figure it out. Uh, and so I was asked to be the host. They were looking for somebody to do a science day on Thursdays. And I said, hey, I've got this character named Dr. Fizzlebop. I would love to bring him to life. And she said, let's do it. So he, I ordered my lab coat. <laughs> I ordered my That's dinosaur right. shirt, my glasses, and he came to life. Brock Eastman joining us
0: today, a.k.a. his alter ego, Dr. <laughs> Phineas Einstein Fizzlebop, is. here on The Meeting House on Faith Radio CPE Winter 2021. Yes, we have the transformation <laughs> now. Brock is now Dr. Fizzlebop. So give us an idea, sir. What, what sort of experiments can people expect
1: here as you launch your series? Well, Dr. Fizzlebob, I believe in the four Fs, and that is faith, family, fun, and fizz. Fizz for sure. And uh, so all these experiments are meant to be something really simple. Families can do at home together that's going to connect them back to their faith, because here's the deal. We know that God is this amazing designer. He created this world. He created you, Bob. He created me. Mm -hmm. And I want to connect that to science, to things that kids see in their everyday lives that maybe society is saying this is how science works and we can say no 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 god designed it to work that way so that's where the the faith part comes in you do it as a family. I think they're all a lot of fun. I got four kids my, or Brock has four kids of his own <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they love the experiments and then we try to add fizz whenever we can. It doesn't always work but we try to add fizz.
0: So if you, you to add fizz, uh, fizz I'm sure you get some, some Mentos and some uh, Coke or Diet Coke. What was the uh, the familiar experiment back in the day? That That's is, plenty of fizz. Oh there, yeah. Right, yeah. I remember sitting in our
1: church uh, <laughs> our church gymnasium and they lined up like 10 bottles of Diet Coke dropped those. T- oh, as a little boy I thought that was the coolest thing. <laughs> Haven't done that one with my kids yet but we we will get there we will get there so how do you inject the faith element yeah well you know i like i said you know we know that in the bible it talks a lot about the things that god has done and the things he's created there's a lot of amazing not only scientific facts in the bible and that's trying to pull that out and say hey look at god created this to work in this way now we just dissect that and look at how that actually happens in science but he created the science behind everything from our we did an experiment today at the devotions and we added vinegar and baking soda to inflate a balloon Very simple, fizz inflator, but that chemical reaction that happened, God made it to happen that exact way. So we take that, we tie it to a Bible story or a Bible verse and say, hey, here's a really cool story and here's an experiment you can do to drive that faith lesson home tied to that science experiment. Well, this book has
0: 52... Easy experiments that that people can participate in as a family. As I understand it, you got started. You were going to do what thirty or thirty one? Yeah, and yeah. It, and it became fifty two. <laughs> so I... obviously, plenty
1: of material, plenty of imagination yep. that's going on here. Yep. We wanted to, we we started with thirty one. Thought that'd be a great number. And you know, as I started getting to the experience and seeing all these great Bible stories, like oh, that could connect and that could be great. We ended up with fifty seven total. So. There's one per week plus five holiday bonuses from New All Year's right. to Valentine's to Christmas. So a lot of fun for, for a family to do.
0: The author of Faith and Science with Dr. Fizzlebop, 52 Fantastically Fun Experiments and Devotions for Families, Brock Eastman. Joining me at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte. You can find out more by going to his website. It's brockeastman.com. Next up on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Frank Turek of the Christian Apologetics Organization, Cross Examine.org. He is also a teacher for the Worldview Ministry for Young Adults, Summit.org. In our conversation, he provided biblical worldview analysis regarding a variety of progressive ideas. Here now from that conversation is Frank Turek.
2: I've noticed it seems that uh, now the left who's taken over, obviously, the government now, is okay citing Scripture when it fits their purposes, but it doesn't really follow the teachings of Jesus. I mean, they want to have universal health care, climate change. They've got to deal with open borders, these kind of things. And these sound good. They're a nod to Christian charity, as long as you only pay attention to the intent of these Uh, of these uh, proposals not the results because the results are disastrous and it seems to me bob that quite frequently people on the left are claiming to be progressive but my question is this progressive toward what Because in order to be progressive you've got to have a standard that you are approaching but what standard are they approaching they're certainly not following the teachings of jesus or the apostles by uh, supporting abortion and government-funded abortion. They're not supporting uh, the teaching of Jesus and the apostles by supporting all sorts of, uh, of what the Bible would call immoral sexual activity and same-sex marriage and transgenderism and all these things, the destruction of the, of the uh, traditional two-parent family. They are not supporting those things And so why they're calling themselves progressives when they're actually regressing away from the standards of the Bible, I find uh, troublesome.
0: Well, and I have thought for quite some time that there has to be another description, another word, another label. You could say progressive. You could say a secularist. You could say the left, as it's commonly referred to. There's there's probably an, another word. There's another word I'd like to use, I'm and I'm not sure what it is as of yet. But uh, but like you say, to say progressive, it means to to them that they are progressing into this new season of enlightenment. As you mentioned in this article, you and Lucas Miles, rogue government-run universal health care, climate change, open borders. And of course, controlling it all is this all-encompassing, benevolent, government. Now, there is a, I think in the overall scheme of things, there is a role for, for government to to step oh, in yeah. and help the the less fortunate. But yeah. I think there's a lot of confusion out there between what the Bible refers to as the role of government and really what the church should be doing. And when you've got an overarching government that is is taking taxpayer money and using for these these various programs that perhaps would would violate the consciences of a number of people that's that's certainly not following the biblical role of government.
2: Yeah, we have to be very careful. I think it, I think that uh that James Madison was right when he said if men were angels no government would be necessary right? So we need some government to restrain evil, but that's the primary role of government is to restrain evil. And Paul talks Mm -hmm. about this in Romans 13, that God has given the leader the sword or the government authorities the sword to protect innocent people from evil. Sometimes you have to use force to protect innocent people from evil. The problem is, is quite frequently, people who call themselves progressive are regressing away from the standards of Jesus and just natural law. You don't even need the Bible to know that men were made for women, and women were made for men, and the best way to perpetuate and stabilize society, which is the reason the government recognizes marriage to begin with, is to legally recognize the man-woman relationship over every other relationship, because that's what perpetuates and stabilizes society. You don't even need the Bible to know that you ought not abort your children. You know it's self evident that you don't murder innocent children and yet not the left wants to do that and wants the government to pay for it. And what they do, Bob, is they use words that sound good, but they have different meanings. For example, freedom to choose. We talk about this in the column. Who can be against freedom of choice, right? No one, unless you ask him to complete the sentence. Freedom to choose what? Murder? I mean, should we have the freedom to rape and choose slaves too? And why does a woman have the freedom to choose to kill her children, but not the freedom to choose where she sends them to school? See, these are the people who are against school choice. <laughs> you know? So, freedom to choose is just a euphemism, or it's 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 a, a pleasant-sounding phrase that actually has different meanings when you really apply it to what they're talking about. Or it has a meaning that ought not uh, be applied there. You, you shouldn't have the freedom to choose murder.
0: Frank Turek here on the Intersection. You can find out more through crossexamine.org or summit.org. This is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of the Meeting House, and you can find out more through Meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast. There's a link to the intersection from that home page. You can find it in the Media Center as well as through iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Content from The Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, Amazon Music, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Learn more through The Meeting House homepage. Well, next up on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's Muriel Gregory. She is a writer for Planting Roots, a ministry that reaches out to women affiliated with the military, At the Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte, she shared about the Bible study she has written entitled, Rise Up, Awaken the Leader in You, a Study of Nehemiah. From that conversation, this is Muriel Gregory now.
3: Every year, Planting Roots has a different theme uh, based on a passage in the Bible. And so the the theme for 2021 was going to be Rise Up, uh, based out of the Nehemiah 2.18. Um, and so we started going through the book of Nehemiah. I started digging in the book of Nehemiah. Um, and it's an incredible story uh, that is so extremely relevant today. So Nehemiah um, lived about 500 BC. I don't have the exact date. Um, and we would think, well, that's an old story. How can that be relevant today? But it's a story about rebuilding. It's a story about identity. And it's a story about community um, so it was absolutely amazing to go through Nehemiah, and an honor to be able to do that.
0: It is an amazing book. It yes. is one man whom God chose to to use, yes. and of course he faced great difficulty. The people that he had well called to to serve with him, but yet they continued to to be consistent and persistent with respect to the task. At hand. So, what do you think are some maybe some life lessons that that women can learn from from this man and what he accomplished?
3: The first lesson is that Nehemiah heard the call. He saw a need, um, and he knew that God chose him to to fill that need. So, the need was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And I think what we can learn from Nehemiah is that if we see a need, it's more than likely that God. He wants to use you to mm-hmm. fill that need. And that's the concept of uh, um, awakening the leader in you. We're all leaders mm-hmm. uh, because we all have a part to play in that. So that is one of the major lessons in Nehemiah. The second lesson is Nehemiah was a man of prayer. Any difficulties, anything that was coming up in his life, he would go to prayer.
0: So when you take the themes of Nehemiah and you actually apply them specifically to military women. This, of course, being released by the Planning Roots organization that ministers to military women and military spouses who mm-hmm. are, you know, are, are women, female. So when you look at the specific application of these principles in the story of Nehemiah, how does this resonate or relate to those who are either serving in the military or who are military spouses?
3: Well, there's different themes that we cover in the study. Um, One of them is opposition, and I think the military knows a lot about opposition. Um, Another theme is the community, and that is something I believe that the military is really good at, is creating community because we are separated from friends and family. We move all the time, and Nehemiah is a community builder. Um, There is is him... um, re rebuilding the, the, the wall, so there's a task at hand, there's a concept of being an exile, um, that you're far from home, uh, and you lose an identity when you do that. So how do you rebuild that identity around around people that are like-minded?
0: Now, I wanted to explore that just a bit, as you were mentioning earlier. Of course, you had the, the international component, having met your—you were from France, met your husband in Germany, you got married in France. Ultimately, you ended up in the United States, and your husband was stationed at uh, Fort Leavenworth mm-hmm. in Kansas, and you live in Kansas. Even to this day, you're a writer for for Planning Roots, and so this— when you go from place to place, and I want you to comment just a bit because I know we have a number of military members and their families that listen to Faith Radio with Maxwell Gutter as well as Fort Rucker, and you have those that serve in the Guard and Reserve. You've got families that, that spend extended time in separation, and while there are ways to communicate with one another, thankfully that's a, that's a good thing, nevertheless, when you look at the challenges of deployment and frequent moving, and travel and things like that, what have you found as far as a the um, the response to to people not having you know the the bearings of course you've got the the commonality and the purpose and the the community in the military but nevertheless when when you have frequent changes as far as geography and you know describe the effect of that and also how perhaps the lesson of Nehemiah can be applied.
3: Absolutely. Um, It's a good question because one of the questions that my kids hate the most is, where are you from?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Everywhere. 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 Nowhere
3: and everywhere. Um, And that is is a common thing in in the military.
0: Muriel Gregory here on The Intersection. The website address is plantingroots.net. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's pastor and biblical counselor at Faith Church and Faith Biblical Counseling Ministries in Lafayette, Indiana, Stephen Byers. He discussed principles related to his book entitled Overcoming Bitterness, Moving from Life's Greatest Hurts to a Life Filled with Joy. Here now from that conversation is Stephen Byers.
4: But it goes back to what we were saying earlier that I I believe we'll miss it If we simply position ourselves as um, passive victims, as if we can um, explain away any of our sinful responses because of what was done to us. See, that was the problem with Esau. Hmm. You you remember, um, he he came in, he was famished. His, His brother tried to trick him. His brother was a trickster, and so his brother tried to trick him by, hey, I'll give you some stew, some of this red stuff, if you'll sell me your birthright. And Esau sold his birthright. But it's fascinating later when he's having the discussion with his father after he had been tricked by his own son. And you remember what Esau said. He said, my brother stole my birthright. Now, now wait a minute. That's not what happened. And Esau was, and by the way, that passage goes on to say he let out a bitter cry. That's why he became the poster boy for bitterness in Hebrews chapter 12. But part of the problem there is Esau changed the narrative. He started explaining away his sinful choice by blaming it on somebody else. And the truth of the matter is I can't blame the choices I've made on COVID I can't blame them on the election. I can't blame them on some social justice issue. All of that just simply revealed what was already going on in my heart, which shows how our God is such a sovereign and loving Heavenly Father. He has chosen and designed those kind of trials to reveal what's going on in my heart. But, but the beauty is, I can repent. And, and when you think, Bob, about the um, Passover meal, why did God design it the way he did and ask his children to partake of it year after year after year? What was the foundation of that meal? It was bitter herbs. Hmm. That That was lettuce that was indigenous to Egypt. So even after his children left Egypt, every year, God wanted them to have a meal that started with bitter herbs to remind them of the bitterness of their experience in egypt that don't ignore it don't act like it didn't happen that was the foundation but praise god that wasn't the end of the meal because then they were to make unleavened bread and you can almost taste that combination in your mouth of bitter herbs and the the wonderfulness of who doesn't love freshly made bread and Even though it was made without leaven to remind them of how quickly their redemption came, now you've got that mixture of tastes in your mouth preparing you for the centerpiece, preparing you for the Passover lamb, pointing like a laser to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so I don't have to stay in my bitterness, and I don't have to act as if I'm a passive victim. I am an active victim worshiper who even during a time of trial, like the three that we have been Mm -hmm. mentioned, that doesn't have to drive us away from our Heavenly Father. It can drive us right into His arms in sweet trust, relying on the finished work of Jesus Christ, relying on the beauty of the gospel to not only sustain me during hard times, but even to grow me during hard times. It was good for me that I was afflicted the psalmist says. It was good for us that we had COVID. It was good for us that we have racial tension and just the struggles that exist. It's good for us to have all of these political parties and all these issues, because it can mold us, it can refine us into the image of Christ.
0: That was Stephen Byers here on The Intersection, and you can learn more through the church website, faithlafayette.org. Well, this has been the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by going to faithradio.org. Scroll over the Programming tab and click on The Meeting House in the drop-down menu. When you reach The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection. There's also a link to the podcast from the home page. Plus, you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. There's also a link for video content, including recently added content, from the Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte, North Carolina. Again, you can go to meetinghouseonline.info or visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I am Bob Crittenden.